Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to episode 91 of the Craft to Career Podcast. This is Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy, and this week we have the rest of my team who I'm going to introduce to you. So last week I had part one of introducing you to my employees, the people on my team, and this week I have the rest of my team. So you'll hear from Anna of Wax and Wayne Studio. She, well, you'll hear what she does. I'll keep you in suspense. We have Sharice of So Hooked on Treasures, Serena Shoup of Of Course Bookkeeping, and Misty May. So you can hear what they do for me, how I found them, and you'll even hear me picking Serena's brain on hiring more people for my team. So you'll get to hear firsthand some of my questions and answers about the very thing that we're talking about. So before we jump in, let me read the review from this week. It's from Apple Podcasts, and it's from Stevens underscore 14. Steven says, speaks to my soul. Thank you for being open and honest about the highs and lows of breaking into the quilting business world. I recently started my t-shirt memory quilt business, and I was surprised how many people were saying I'm charging too much. I'm not. I've checked. I loved your podcast about knowing your worth and holding strong. It's tough out there, but I'm grateful for your advice. Because at the end of the day, I'd like to be paid as much or more than a McDonald's worker. Well, isn't that the truth? We can really value the work that we do. And there's actually a couple of episodes where I talk about this episode 89, the mindset of, I talk about a few different mindset things that get in the way of people having success. And this one, I talk about the fear of raising our prices. And then if you go back a few, a little bit longer, and I don't know, cause I can't see it right here, but there is an entire episode on knowing your worth and charging for, for your worth, what you're you know, time and energy is worth. So if you have not listened to those episodes, I suggest you go back and listen to those and feel empowered. And it's very interesting. I mean, applying that to your own business because I've put out these episodes and then I have my mastermind and one of the mastermind members came and said, I got this email and it was someone saying, it feels like what you're doing is very exclusive in an economy where we're trying to be open and letting everybody in. You're doing the exact opposite. And it's just interesting when it happens to you, it feels like very isolating and like you're, I don't know, being, you know, singled out, but you're not, you're not alone and it's not being exclusive, charging what you're worth, which may be more than what people think you should be charging, but you are running a business. So anyhow, listen to those past episodes. I won't go back into it right now. Um, I've said enough on the topic there. But this week, I'm really excited for those of you who are curious about hiring somebody. How how do you hire someone? And this week, actually, on this episode, you'll hear the very, very first employee that I ever hired way back in 2016. She's still with me. You'll hear how that's morphed over time and how that happened that I hired her. So what that looked like way back in the day and what she does now, plus many others. And this week, if you are looking for advice on how to hire someone, what what to do, what to look for, how to onboard them, I have a PDF with some tips for you. Some tips on how to find someone that would be a good fit. Some tips for having a trial period where you can just make sure you're the right fit. Some wording for if it's not the right fit. And things to look for how to make sure this person's going to be a good fit. There's even a a personality test that I'll put a link to on the PDF where you can have people take a personality test and see, are they more analytical? Would they be better doing this position? Are they more creative? Would they be better doing this position? As well as just some ideas of tasks, things that you could have people do for you. And um, so if you're interested in that, click the show notes. It's going to be quilterscandy.com forward slash 91. And you can get the link to that download to, for some help and guidance in hiring somebody. And with that, let's jump in and let me introduce you to the rest of my team. Anna, thanks so much for being here. For our listeners, 
who may or may not know you, can you introduce yourself and who you are in the quilting universe? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, my name's Anna. Um, that's my child in the background. <laughs> um, I go by Wax and Wayne Studio. I design and sell quilt patterns. Um, I also design fabric for Hawthorne Supply Co. And I edit your podcast. Yes, that's right. So yeah, I'm having all the people on who work for me on my team, as we say. And I'd love for the listeners to hear how you and I kind of crossed paths. So do you want to share from your perspective? Sure. Yeah. I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think we met on the Quilt Buzz call, yeah. right? When we interviewed mm-hmm. you. Yeah. So I used to edit and was a host for Quilt Buzz, the a podcast that came out in uh, March of 2020. And um, I started that podcast with Amanda of Broadcloth Studio and Wendy of The Weekend Quilter. And I think you met them through other projects, right? Was it like a group project or something? You knew one or both of them? I think I met Wendy first, yeah. Okay. And we went to QuiltCon and they're like, let's meet up. So we went out um, and then kind of stayed in touch, yeah. Yeah, and if, if that was at QuiltCon, you probably met my cardboard cutout that they- Oh my gosh, I did, that's right. <laughs> it was so embarrassing, but so, so funny. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I guess we met back then. You just didn't know yeah, it. <laughs> it was a cardboard <laughs> cutout version. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think we interviewed you in the spring of twenty one. Was that right? Mm-hmm. Or was it in twenty twenty? Yep. Okay. No, it was kind of after the pandemic. Because I remember Amanda saying the word pandemic. She's like, "Ah, edit that out. I don't want to talk about the pandemic." And oh, I was like, right. "So it, I know it was after." So there we are. I brought it up again, even though she wanted it edited out. (laughs) But the thing I remember was it on my end of that call, I felt like the technology was I was having problems and I was like, this is going to sound terrible. And then the podcast came out and I was like, whoa, that sounded amazing. They have some kind of magic with their editing. And I don't know if they told me you did or if I asked, but when I knew that you did that and I was starting a podcast, I'm like, I want her to do my editing because that was amazing. (laughs) So how did you get chosen or offered to do that, you know, have that position on the podcast? Well, we just kind of fell into place. Like we had been talking about the podcast for a while, like probably almost a year. It was Amanda's idea initially. And Wendy and I were just like, bad influences like yeah of course let's add one more thing to our plate like of course we need to do this and um I had played around with GarageBand the editing software before just like you know just pretending to play keyboard and just playing around and so I offered because I wanted to learn more about the program itself and so I kind of just taught myself and yeah Hmm. ended up there So do you play the piano? Now I'm very intrigued. Mm, No, no, not at all. No, it was more like in college, we had a group of friends who would just like to mess around. They could all play instruments, but I couldn't. And so I would just pretend. (laughs) I have my suspicions that you do play, but I could be wrong. I bet you're better than you think you are. So, okay. Where do you live? And you've switched. You don't do the editing for the quilt buzz. Uh, Tell me how your career has kind of shifted. I mean, we can hear you have a child, like what's life looking like for you? Yeah. So I live in Pennsylvania, about an hour outside Philadelphia. Yeah. The addition of baby number three left me with a lot less time. And so I unfortunately had to take a step back from quilt buzz, but Amanda and Wendy are still going strong and they're doing amazing work, but I wanted more time to work on my own things. And so I, like I said, I sell quilt patterns on my website and I also design fabric for Hawthorne Supply Co. And I have some big um, projects that I really want to work on and I needed that time for myself. So um, right now I'm focusing on making collections of mini quilts that can then be like mixed and matched together to create bigger (laughs) quilts. I like the idea of putting a little more of like the creative um, decision-making process in the hands of the maker rather than just following the pattern straight, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. So that's yet to come out. You haven't released those yet. Well, it's it's in the process. I have eight, no, nine are released. Four of them were just released in um, the Bright Collective magazine through making. I want to have 20 total. So at least four are going to come out this year. Awesome. 
Anna, thanks so much for being here. I'm so glad that we, our paths crossed and I could find you as a an editor for my podcast. You've been amazing. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, we'll see ya. Bye. Sharice, thanks so much for being here. I We've had you on the podcast before, by we, I mean I. I've had you on the podcast. But, you know, this episode I'm having my team on, the people who work for me. And one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle for a listener who's maybe thinking of hiring someone or wanting to down the road is how do I know who to hire? So from your perspective, how did you find me? And then I'll share how I, you know, found you. Yes, uh, well... Initially, um, a friend of mine, uh, Mary of Mary Go Round Quilts, she had taken your pattern writing course the year before I did. And when it came up the following year, I hemmed and hawed and Mary was awesome. She was like, Sharice, just do it. (laughs) And I was like, you're right. And so I did. And so grateful for that push that I really needed. But yes, that's how I found you and is is from the pattern writing course. I was relatively new in my design path and pattern writing path. And so it was like, let's just go ahead and, and do this now. So that way you're off on the right foot and, and get going. So haven't regretted the decision since then. And that's where it initially came about. And I'm trying to remember in my mind. So from my perspective, what I remember is... I saw your first pattern. There were, oh yeah, we had a a Facebook group and you were like, hey, can we organize it this way so it's clean and organized? And there were things where I was like, I like how she is on top of it. Like you have some skills that I don't. And I I consider that like a a talent of mine is I can recognize (laughs) things in other people, you know? So I saw that in you and I was like, She's good at this. Now, what I do not remember is how you started to do my Pinterest account. How did we jump from me recognizing you've got some special set of skills to Pinterest? Actually, it was in our post-graduation call where we did like our one-on-one coaching call. And we talked about my organization. And, you know, it's funny when you mentioned that first conversation, I was really nervous in asking that. (laughs) (laughs) just because yeah that's how my brain works and it's like trying to be organized it's like either this is gonna go great or she's like uh yeah we might need to find a special place for her but (laughs) thankfully it went okay (laughs) Um, but uh yeah and it was in that post-graduation one-on-one chat that we were talking about it and we were talking about where I was personally and where I wanted to business-wise, and how I wanted to get to where I wanted to go. And because of my organization and things like that, that's where that kind of came about. It was a need that you had. It was a need that I could possibly fill. But the question was, was it something that I was truly interested in? And, you know, at first it was like, yeah, I don't know, um, to be quite honest. But when it came down to it, over the course of, goodness, we're coming on a year now or maybe past a year I don't know yeah. so yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I can't actually remember but um, along the line of however long it's been I have actually realized the need that is out there and the synergies that I can bring to the table for those that have quilty businesses and and taking their Pinterest accounts and their presence in Pinterest to the next level so it's helped all the way around and not just me from a business, personal and just other um, businesses such as yours to do just that and to help increase that presence and and even actually, I can't even say increase it in some cases, some cases it started from, mm-hmm. from scratch. Uh, so it's been extremely helpful in that way. So I've, su- I'm surprised. <laughs> I just did not expect to be here uh, about a year ago, but here I am. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I was thinking as I was logging out of this call, I love that I don't have to think at all about Pinterest. It's growing, it's doing its magic, and I'm not having to even think about it. Like you just take the stuff that I'm putting out, you repurpose it, and it's wonderful because as a business owner, 
there's all these things that we should be doing. We cannot do it all. It's impossible. So you either... Absolutely. If you're on your own, you have to pick and choose. Or if you have the luxury of hiring somebody... You can hire someone and have them do it for you, which is exactly what I did here. And you do, you run Pinterest for a few other quilterpreneurs. Is that correct? I, I do. There are, including yourself, uh, seven at the moment. Nice. And right now I'm, I'm actually looking to bring someone on to assist me with it because of the need that is out there in order to meet those needs and those that are interested is that's what I'm looking to do is bring someone on board to assist me with that. So no way. Look at that. That's so cool. I know. <laughs> that's funny. Are you talking about bringing people on board and hiring people? It's like, yeah, I'm doing just that too. So how are you finding your person? Oh goodness. So, uh, for right now is I am trying to tap into those that and we'll say usually younger yeah. or older. So those that are getting started in their career, looking for extra income or those that are reaching that retirement mm-hmm. sort of age group where they like, I just, I want to do something. I want to earn extra income, but I don't want the stress yep. of wherever it was they came from in their previous life. So I'm honestly starting kind of similarly with people that I know. And it's like, do you know somebody that is in that group that will be interested? So, you know, you start with the people that you know, go for recommendations, you know, versus kind of starting from scratch and you never know what you're going to get. Right, (laughs) exactly. Well, it's good to have a trial period of for both of you to make sure uh, are we a good fit for each other? Oh, yes, definitely. That's exciting. So it's come to this point in a year or however long it's been. (laughs) So the conversation, it does. The conversation that we had when, was it me saying, hey, you have a good set of skills in this area and I have a need. Would you be interested in doing this? Is that how that played out? Yeah, basically, basically. And, and I had the need too, because I was, you know, at that point I was about to become a single parent, single mom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so having a business that would be able to support the three of us was, well, necessary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so the the timing worked out great. And it just so happens that initially it was a, well, this is what I have to do to support my family and turned into, uh, it's not about, do I have to? I guess maybe, but it's more of like, I actually want to, it took that whole have to out of it and wanting to makes it a huge, huge difference when it comes to how you approach it, you know, because mm-hmm. if you don't want to do it and you're doing it just because you need to, you're, you're going to lose something, yes. you know, you're not going to feel it and it's, it's not going to go well. Yeah. And, and that will translate into your outcomes and everybody else that I do their Pinterest for, it will translate into their outcomes. So uh, the good news is that have to has completely left. It's like, I actually want to do this. So thankfully that happened. Good. Yay. (laughs) Well, and it's kind of cool that you have these other quilting Pinterest accounts because you can pin each, repin each other's like, you know, exactly who's posting and you can repin. So it actually serves other quilterpreneurs to have you do their Pinterest. Cause you automatically know that you are going to be promoting these people's, you know, Pinterest pins and all that. Exactly. And that's what, that's what comes with the package mm-hmm. basically is that you can put your pins out there into the Pinterest universe, um, even into the tailwind app, which is the uh, secondary app used to, schedule out your pins, but you can put them out there and fingers crossed that somebody else will reshare it or repin it. But what I bring to the table is that it will happen. And I, you can utilize those that have very similar either styles or, you know, things along those lines. And I can make sure that happens. Yep. Uh, So you, you, otherwise you can't, I mean, absolutely. You can take the chance and it probably will happen. But is it probably versus absolutely? Mm-hmm. Those are the two things you have to weigh. <laughs> well, and just for me, the time. Like, yeah, I've taken a couple courses on Pinterest. I know how to do it. It's not a matter of that. 
I just, I'd rather put my energy elsewhere, but I don't want to give up the results from Pinterest. So voila, here you are. So yeah. Absolutely. Because it can make such a huge difference when it comes to traffic to your website, revenue, uh, those things that are most important to your business. And that's one thing, reason why I concentrate on just quote related businesses, because you can leverage each other and, and have that to work and, and to benefit each business on its own. Um, otherwise, could I diversify and things like that? Yes. But why spread so thin where you're not really serving anybody to the best of your ability? So, you know, because I've been asked by whether it's, uh, you know, crocheters or knitters or things like that. It's like, I'm sorry, as much as I would like to help you, this is my concentration. Good. This Good is my niche. Yes. Niche down. Yes, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. That makes me very proud and happy. <laughs> Good job. Because <laughs> it can be easy and short-sighted, like, oh, that's more money. I'll do it. But then you shoot yourself mm -hmm. in the foot and long-term game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many more benefits to being that specific, uh, whether it's, and it doesn't have to be necessarily just quilt pattern right. designers. Even if you're uh, a fabric shop, um, if you're a fabric, like a textile designer, like a fabric designer, uh, things mm -hmm. like that, uh, absolutely. Anything kind of related into that sphere goes into it and can be a beneficial to each other. Which is awesome. So, and I'm glad that I can freely share your information and know that I'm not compromising the quality of your work for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> no. so yeah, for, if people, <laughs> listeners want to find you, how do they find you? Oh, very simply, well, there's my website, so S-E-W, hookedontreasures.com. There's also Instagram, which is at so hooked on treasures, all spelled the same. And also email. Um, and that's so hooked on treasures at gmail.com. I try to keep it nice. pretty simple. Consistent, <laughs> consistent across the board. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, I am so glad that we had that call a year and however long ago. And that it's worked. I mean, selfishly, I'm very glad. But also for you, like, I'm really glad that it's worked. And been Selfishly, I'm glad too. <laughs> yeah, it's a win-win. A win-win. It is. Totally. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here. We'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. Well, Serena, thank you for being here. And yeah, for our listeners, do you just want to describe, I'm, you know, having everyone from my team on the podcast, do you want to describe what you do for Quilters Candy? Yeah. So I am, I guess, the bookkeeper slash CFO finance person at Quilters Candy, uh, me and my team. So I have a team of bookkeepers and accountants. Um, and we, with all of our clients, we each, um, kind of service as a group, each client. So there's always someone available to take care of our clients. So we have a bookkeeper and an accounting manager and then myself, the CFO. And so everything goes through um, layers of review and all that good stuff. So what we do uh, with you specifically is we do weekly, sometimes bi-weekly bookkeeping um, to keep everything up to date. And then at the end of the month, we reconcile all the accounts, put together your financial statements and send a nice little Loom video explaining what happened with your numbers that month and comparing to the previous month so that you can make better decisions in your business and understand where your money's going, where it all came from. And of course, we're always here along the way to answer questions that pop up like about sales tax or should I invest in this thing or should I buy or purchase this other thing? So we are um, we love to be included in our clients' decisions and help them make better decisions. So we try to keep those communication lines open. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's been really interesting. So I started I hired you in what is it? 2023. So I hired you in 20 end of 2021. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Cause we've definitely been at it a full year. <laughs> yes, it has to be because, so I have this craft a career course and I was putting together, I'm showing them like year from year one till now, how much I, what my revenue and profit has been, mm -hmm. which is very interesting to look at. But one of the years I was like, 
wow, I doubled my revenue, but my profit dipped from the year before. And so I reached out to you because that was the first year that I hired you. And I'm so glad it was because I was like, what happened? <laughs> I yeah, don't we had that why, history. Why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you had, and then you were like, well, it's education. I was like, what exactly did I spend that on? And you sent me, I'm like, aha, that's right. Now I remember that's what that was. So mm -hmm. it's very, very, what you measure grows. Like I've seen it. And I have friends in the quilting industry who... I'll be honest, until I hired you, I kind of put my head in the sand. Like, what's your revenue? What's your profit? I was like, I don't totally know, but I'm doing fine. So we'll yeah. just say I'm good, you know? Yeah. But I mean, it's typical. you can speak to. Is it? I mean, yeah, I it is. Alone, right? Okay. <laughs> it's very typical, especially if like, if you're able to cover all your bills, you're not like, and even, even people that kind of stress out about the money situation, those probably those people probably have even more difficulty looking at the numbers because it's like this um, endless loop of stress. And so they're like, if I look, it's going to stress me out more. But if I don't look, I'll just be a little bit stressed. I'm just going to like wish and hope and manifest <laughs> that it all works out. I'll just sell more. And a lot of times that'll get somebody to a certain point, but then you get to the point where you're like, okay, now I actually need to know what is working and what am I just wasting time and money on? And sometimes it's a time situation, not necessarily a money. Like one of the things that I love doing is breaking down your revenue by your different programs or types of income. So one-on-one -on -one coaching versus a program versus your pattern writing, um, consulting, things like that, whatever different revenue streams you have, it's really important to break those down so that you can go back and look to see, well, where is most of my money come from, coming from and where am I spending all my time? Because a lot of times, like, you know, the Pareto principle, 80% um, of your revenue comes from 20% of your customers, 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your time. So mm -hmm. looking at it, of like, what do I enjoy doing and what have I been spending my time on versus where are, where's the money coming from? Uh, it helps make more objective decisions instead of thinking that all your money is coming from fabric sales or whatever, but most of it's coming from like highly leveraged activity that you're not very spending very much time on. So you don't realize that that's your money maker. So it's really good to be paying attention to those things. Yeah. Well, and a year ago or so, I was toying with the idea of getting rid of my quilt pattern writing course. And I was like, I'm going to go all in on this other thing. And then I look at the numbers. I'm like, that would be the dumbest thing. Like, that's my big generator mm -hmm. for my income. Like, what? You know, so now I'm like, well, let's let's put all the eggs in that basket. And it's been very lucrative and successful and fun and rewarding. And yeah. had I not looked at the numbers, I would have just gone with my whim of like, well, yeah. let's do this, you know. So absolutely. So, um, what's your, when do people normally hire a CPA? Like I said, I didn't for years. Yeah. Well, there's a couple different, um, stages of business that you'll need different help with. So, and not all bookkeepers are CPAs and can do taxes. So it's important to kind of decide like, okay, probably a good idea to hire a bookkeeper as soon as you can afford it. But a lot of times people will do their own bookkeeping and just hire a CPA or a tax pro to do this stuff at year end. Um, and that is okay for certain budgets. Like if you don't have the budget to work with a bookkeeper each month, that's fine. But you're only going to basically be looking at your numbers at year end when it's too late to make decisions. So you have to kind of weigh that benefit cost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, whereas if you work with a bookkeeper throughout the year, even on a quarterly basis, uh, you'll you'll stay on top of things a, a lot quicker and be able to make shifts and changes. Uh, but I, what I see is typically people too two times people come to us, um, for bookkeeping. And one is if they are, they just know from the very beginning, they are not quote unquote numbers people that are not analytical and they don't really want to be sitting in front of the computer doing their own bookkeeping. They'll come to us early on, um, under a hundred thousand in revenue because they're like, I just know from the beginning, I'm going to outsource this because I have no business doing it. And then there's other people that want to learn how to kind of stay on top of those things and what to look for and what, and know that if they're not involved in the day-to-day -day of it, they won't look at it. So they learn towards the beginning. And then when they get to a certain point 
it doesn't make sense for them to be spending the time on it anymore. Like if they're spending more than an hour or two a month, they're like, I could be spending these hours selling or doing something different, marketing and growing my business. And so at that point, they usually hand it over to us. Um, so yeah, most of our clients are between, I would say between a hundred thousand in revenue and 500,000 in revenue for the most part. We have some Mm -hmm. outliers, but, um, the majority of our clients are in that range. And, um, it seems to be a, a sweet spot because in that range, people are still interested in knowing what's happening and like learning. Uh, and we like to be able to, to teach our clients like what to look for. Uh, so that's, that's our sweet spot as a, as a firm. So I'm curious, do you have clients that are in the million and at that point, are they more checked out or are they more involved? I would say like clients that are, it depends on the business. So I have some clients that are, are different industries and, um, and sometimes it's like, it's, it's one of their multiple businesses that they're investors in. And so they're not as like, they know what's kind of happening and they've got their, their hands in lots of different businesses. So they're like, just give me the financial statement, send me a summary email. We're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they they don't need as much like education and handholding. So, um, I would say at that point, that's kind of that level of client, um, but we all started somewhere too. So even those people started at some point in their career, learning all the things that um, help them get to the point to be able to invest in multiple businesses, right? True. Well, and then now I'm going to put you on the spot here. (laughs) This is a personal question for me (laughs) and my business. Um, If I'm wanting to bring someone on full time, my husband's like, don't do it because then you have to pay for medical is this all true? And how much does that end up costing a person? Yeah. So you don't have to provide benefits for employees, um, until you get to like a certain level of like number of employees. And I think in most States, that's usually around 50 employees. So it would be a long time before you were actually required to offer benefits. Now you can choose to to offer benefits as soon as you want to, um, to, to full-time employees. Uh, but one of the things that I've come across because I have one full-time employee and the rest of my employees are part-time in order for me to put health insurance through our business, I have to have one employee guarantee, like have raised their hands that I promise I will enroll. <laughs> right. Mm, okay. So we have to have someone that's going to opt in into the health insurance plan for me to even be able to run it through my business for me and my family. So, um, that's one thing that you might come up against too. If you have just one full-time employee and that employee is actually on their spouse's plan, then they wouldn't have, they wouldn't even be interested in enrolling sometimes. So, okay. uh, so I don't yeah, have to offer that. You don't have to offer it. There's other benefits you could always offer to make it more enticing for employees, especially the millennium generation. Yeah. You're more, especially mothers who are millennials, mm-hmm. right? we are more interested in having time flexibility so that we can be there to pick our kids up from school or go on field trips or volunteer with the PTA or whatever it is, church, whatever. And Mm -hmm. so that's one thing that even throughout my career, I had tried to negotiate when I was in corporate. I was like, I'll, how about you don't give me health insurance and I'll work 30 hours a week instead. And they were, they would not go for it, but I'm like, I would totally go for that. If I was, if an employee came to me and was like, I don't want health insurance, but I just want to have a flexible schedule. Heck yeah. And so that's kind of the way that we're trying to build the environment at our firm is creating what we couldn't have in corporate and making it more flexible so that people are at the top of their game when they're at work. It's way more valuable for everybody. Well, and what's the difference? So all of my employees right now are contract employees. What is it called when they're not contract? It's just employees. So like a W-2, they'll be getting wages and a W-2 at your end instead of being responsible for their own taxes. So that's the main difference between a contractor and an employee. And this is a very common question we get. I actually have a blog on our website about it because so many people are confused about it. Um, There there are certain instances where you probably should have them as an actual employee. Um, but when they're, when they're a contractor, it's more flexible because you typically don't dictate the hours they work. 
they they use their own tools and and computers and things like that. Um, they're free to freelance and work with other um, businesses as well. Um, and you don't have to worry about paying their payroll taxes. And so that's hmm. very enticing for a lot of business owners. It, it falls on the the contractor. But as an employee, you are then responsible for withholding their payroll taxes and contributing into Social Security and Medicare for them, oh, right? The employer okay, match. Yeah. So in some instances, it's more expensive to have an employee and sometimes it's not. It's actually cheaper because um, for some reason, a lot of people, they they don't prefer to have to manage their own taxes. So they're willing to get paid maybe $20 an hour instead of 30 if you handle all their taxes for them, <laughs> you know what mm, I mean? Okay. Like, so they don't yeah, have to worry that. about it. <laughs> so sometimes contractors are more expensive and sometimes they're not. It just kind of depends. But yeah, there is definitely mm. more compliance to deal with when you, when you have an employee, like you need a payroll provider. Um, shout out to Gusto. That's what we use. Okay. I was like, is that Gusto? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Other, other companies use ADP. When you start to have a lot more employees, that's a popular one. Um, but Gusto is our, our preference and that's how I run payroll in my firm as well. So, so yeah, I can see now and again, but this whole podcast episode is about hiring people, but I can see now I'm getting to a point in my business where I'm starting to desire a little bit more having an employee where they are focused a hundred percent on my business, where it's like, I, anyhow, I can see I'm getting there. So we'll yeah. have to chat sometime about what that would look like financially and, yeah, and then for absolutely. them if they'd want to. Yeah, and Gusto actually has payroll calculators on their website that you can go and kind of plan for this and be like, okay, I know I want to hire this certain position. Let me go onto their website and see how much it's actually going to cost me. Because if I if I offer to pay somebody $40,000 a year salary, well, I'm also going to be paying payroll taxes on top of that. So what's the true cost, right? And so you mm -hmm. can calculate that on Gusto and you can break it down by like how many, if you're going to pay them weekly, what it would look like weekly versus monthly um, and all those things. And um, yeah, typically what we, what we plan for is when we're like, going to hire somebody, we plan for the salary plus 20% because that'll cover payroll taxes and any like equipment or computers that you need to purchase for them. So that's a good rule of thumb. If you're going to offer health insurance and benefits on top of that, 30% is what you want to add to their salary to budget for it. Okay. And we call that the burden rate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is a little bit of a burden. <laughs> so I'll probably push it off a little further. But um, and it from what you've seen with companies, I mean, I have a business coach. I'll go and chat with her about this. But um, what position do people generally hire for their first employee? And is it generally do they see that that pays off? Or do you see people like oh, I shot myself in the foot and I shouldn't have done that? Both. So okay, <laughs> I think it honestly it comes down to being very attuned to what you want that person doing. So before you even decide to go out and start looking, you have to sit down and evaluate what are the tasks I absolutely need off my plate? What are the tasks I absolutely hate doing? And can I make a job description out of all of these things and get them off my plate or whoever else's and start there? Um, I would say the first employee that a lot of solopreneurs end up hiring is like an executive assistant slash administrative assistant because it kind of is like a catch-all of like they can handle your email and your calendar and schedule podcast interviews and um, coordinate different things, right? And they can also be in the student support inbox answering student questions and and things like that, you'll get more of a well-rounded person. Um, and then when you call them an executive assistant, you can always, and you, this is always something you can just put it in the job description that this is a requirement, but I may ask you to schedule my, you know, my laundry pickup or my dry cleaning or whatever you can, like personal stuff too. Um, mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, especially as mothers, there's a lot of help we need actually with household stuff too, because we're so stretched so thin with working in the business and managing the household that I, that's why I, like, I like that 
position as a first hire as an executive assistant because they're kind of there to support you personally and professionally. Um, the first hire I actually did in my business was a part-time bookkeeper because when I first started my business, it was just me. I was doing all the bookkeeping and the financial statements and everything for my clients. And it just got kind of difficult to be in the weeds and have this higher level strategic overview. And so I hired a part-time bookkeeper to help take off the day-to-day tasks of bookkeeping for me because I wasn't quite big enough to really need like an administrative assistant at that point. I was very part-time. So um, that was that decision and why I made that decision early on. Um, But then the second hire was more of a like executive assistant type person. (laughs) (laughs) scheduled all your things for you. Yeah. And she monitors our help inbox and our student inbox because we have a course as well. So um, she helps on both sides of the business and um, helps me run the team meetings and she's amazing. So yeah, (laughs) and she's full time. (laughs) Okay. See, yeah, I'm starting to think. So how did you find her? And then we'll be done because I've taken way more time than I said I would. But that's okay. So (laughs) Um, how did I find her? I actually found her in um, I was in a program for course creators um, learning a certain launch strategy. I use I do a paid boot camp method for my launches. And she was in that group as well because she um, was trying to kind of figure out like, does she want to try this online business thing? She was a teacher and she was trying to find something more flexible so she could be with her kids and whatnot and um, was ready to just be out of teaching. And she was in that group kind of like learning, trying to learn like what you know, what all this online business thing is like in courses and stuff like that and trying to figure out what she wanted to do and like how she could help people. And so she was learning how to do Facebook ads. And mm-hmm. um, I had posted in the group like I've, you know, I've done this one launch. I did my own Facebook ads. I know how it's supposed to be. I just need somebody to take it over and I can hand you the process basically. And she raised her hand and was like, I'm still learning, but I would love to help you. And I was like, great. So I hired her as a contractor initially just to help with Facebook ads. And um, then I started being like, hey, can you schedule this email in Kajabi? Can you like learn this other thing and help with this for this launch coming up? And she was just so willing to, to learn new things and just help wherever she could. Um, that like six months later, I ended up just retiring her from her teacher job and hiring her full time. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I'm so jealous. So it just worked out that she it just had worked out. I think, you know, like hi- finding the right team is sort of like finding the right clients. It's like you're, you're not just marketing for clients or customers. You're also marketing for attracting a a good team. So if people see that like you're going places and you have a good heart and whatnot, and your mission of your business is like very well known, um, the way you present yourself, I think you'll attract the right people. And how often do you have a team meeting with everyone on your team? Weekly, every Tuesday, every Tuesday, I block off basically my whole workday for team meetings and one-on-ones. So I'll do, I'll alternate one-on-ones with people, but everybody gets on the team meeting together once a week. We had talked about my team doing a monthly call starting in January and I was at a town and I came back. I'm like, all right, when do we have our weekly calls? So they're like weekly, it's monthly. And I was like, is it? Shoot. I you could, you could start bi-weekly, of, but yeah, I yeah. know this will be the first time if they're listening, like she's thinking of weekly surprise. Yes. <laughs> that's, I'm thinking of weekly. that's what my team, my team learns all the things and I'm planning by listening to my podcast or listening to my Facebook lives or like, okay, <laughs> note that Serena said this date. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, this was really great. I love chatting with you. And I'm yeah, sure anytime. I'll be in touch sooner than later about, you know, hiring and all the yep. things. But well, we can talk our... about it on our year end meeting. So yes, yes. Well, and we have a call this week, actually. Yep. So uh, anyhow, surprise. But um, so if our listeners want to find you, where yeah. is the best place to find you? Um, pretty much Instagram or LinkedIn, um, on Instagram, I, I'm at, of course, bookkeeping and on LinkedIn, I'm just Serena Shoop. So you can find me. 
those two nice. places. And you have a podcast too. It's got some great I do. stuff. What's that I called? do. It's the Ambitious Bookkeeper Podcast. It's more geared toward other bookkeepers and accountants as I help mentor on that side as well. Um, but yeah, that's my podcast. And then my website, of course, bookkeeping.com. Yeah. And you have courses. What, what are those? And Yeah. So my courses are, um, currently all of the courses that I have out there are for other bookkeepers and accountants and starting their own businesses, um, and like elevating their services for their clients. Uh, but I am, <laughs> I do have some things in the works for, <laughs> uh, for cl- like client facing for those of you who are not quite ready to hire a bookkeeper, but you're like lost on how to do your bookkeeping that is in the works. Um, so stay tuned for that. You can find information on my website about that. Smart. That's good. I'm glad you're offering that because I know a lot of people want to do that before they, you know, hire someone. So yeah, very cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thank you for having me. So, all right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, Misty, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So for our listeners, this is rather interesting because most everyone else, minus my financial person, I found through the quilting community. But do you remember when I reached out to you and how? Like, what did I ask or say? Oh, actually, um, we very first, let's see, when you very first reached out, I actually think I might have approached you. (laughs) Oh, did you? I think so. I was looking at that time. I was looking for kind of a part-time job, specifically something I could do from home. And um, I was kind of just putting feelers out there with some friends and some people in the church community and just trying to see if anyone had any ideas of what, you know, if they had an experience working from home. Um, You know, you just never know without home jobs, you know, working from home jobs. So I I was putting out some feelers out there and you came and approached me and I think it was about, was it 2015 or 16 when you, when you were starting? Yeah, 16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was about that time, um, about 2016 and you were, I, I guess just start, you had the Quilter's Candy Box, mm-hmm. um, starting up the Quilter's Candy Box and, you had said, hey, my neighbors are kind of helping me once in a while filling these boxes. And I'm actually looking for some more help to get these orders out and fulfilled. And so would you be interested? And I was like, yes, that sounds amazing. But I I don't think I truly understood what what the quilting <laughs> industry was all, was all about. And you were like, why don't you come with me to quilt market? Come with me and see what it's about. So I went to before I think I started working for you, I, you took me to Quilt Market, and um, I just had no idea that the quilting industry was just so big and that this creative aspect had so much to offer. And it was just a whole world I'd, I'd, that I never really knew existed. And I loved seeing all of the absolute, absolutely gorgeous quilts and booths and fabrics and you, people that you introduced me to. And it was just so intriguing and interesting and made me want to learn and to see what this was all about. So. So yeah, so I said yes, and so we, you had me uh, start helping with fulfillment with those boxes, um, and I don't know. Let's see, I I helped you by storing all the notions and the fabrics, and did some ordering and some customer service emails related to that subscription box, and so. For a couple of days out of the month, my living room was full with wall to wall with hundreds of boxes and tissue paper and stickers and candy and fabric and all the fun, you know, notions that go, went in the boxes. And, you know, my kids would come home from school and they go, oh, it's box day, you know, and I, they just knew to stay out of the living room in my organized chaos. And they just, you know, so it was just really, it was really fun. And it was really cool to see all of the, um, all of all of the notions and all the things that went into that and and it was exciting for me every month to just pack it up and um I had the perfect kind of setup at that time I had a covered porch front porch and so after I packaged up all those boxes I could put them out on the porch and contact the mail carrier to pick them up and I don't know if she <laughs> looked forward to that once I know stuff or not but we tried to um you know uh, make sure she knew she was appreciated and gave her a little treat from that month's box or whatever. And a little, you know, thank you. So, but it was really fun. And it was a really, 
um, it was just perfect for me. And so I hope that I hope it was helpful to you and helped you free up some time oh to gosh. expand and grow on, you know, grow your business. Yes. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you were so good at packing, too, because even when I did that, I'd try to have a system. I would whatever. This is TMI, but I would have a system <laughs> like I would do 10 boxes at a time. So I'd pull out 10 items and I'd okay. have my little system and then I would do 10 more. But get without fail there would be a box a month that was missing something or you know whatever right you never had that like you literally never had that I was like well when don't worry it'll happen and it didn't it never happened oh like, that's oh. funny I, well that's good I'm glad to hear that I don't remember yeah but yeah I did try I tried to be pretty organized with it tried not to tried to be exact so I wouldn't miss anything so I'm glad it worked whatever I did but, but I know, yeah right? that was, it was it was good it was fun so. And you also did a very good job of just making it look very cute. That was a big deal for me. Like, I want the experience to be very nice from the moment they open the box. And you did yeah. a very good job of that. Thank and you. yeah, I mean, my husband was grateful. He's like, oh, all the stuff is gone. So I was like, <laughs> I feel really bad for them. But <laughs> no, it was it was only a few days a month where it was all over. But, you know, that it worked out really well. It was it was really not bad. So. Yeah. And then I stopped doing the boxes. And I think there was a period where I was like, I hope to hire you back. I just don't have anything right now. Is that right? Yeah. It was kind of, yeah, after you stopped uh, doing the boxes and you were kind of pivoting and trying to figure out a new direction and stepping away from that. Um, I did a few things here and there for you. And then I just, yeah, you, I stepped, we stepped away from each other for a little while just as you're figuring that out. And then, um, think once you got a little more established with the new business ideas and had that all formulated you you approached me again again to ask me with fulfillment but this time with your own with your own patterns that you designed and as well as some fabric and things here and there so I of course was like yes I, I'd be happy to help again and so um so yeah so that's I think that's how that yeah. happened and you do oh it's just so nice so now when I reorder patterns they just go straight to your house Whenever a wholesale order comes in or someone buys on the store, you're the one to ship them out. Yes. So you yes. and I both have like the printing labels at our house. And now you have the capability. If we ran out of something, you just go and order more like tissue right. paper, stickers, all that. Yeah. Packing supplies. Thanks. Yep. Mm -hmm. And which I'll just tell you now, this is too funny. So we had a podcast episode a few weeks ago and I was like, I'm going to raise all my prices. My patterns are now $15. So oh. <laughs> can you can you email the wholesaler distributors and let them know that the price oh, is yes. now raised to $15? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Thank yes, you. I can make, that, <laughs> make that happen. Yeah, I'm sure. This is so oh. official here. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So there we are in action. <laughs> so, yeah, that's another thing is you send the invoices out when a company emails and says, we'd like to order wholesale. Yes. They go through you, you send the invoice, you ship them out, and it's just a lovely thing. The only thing that I've noticed is if I want to give someone a pattern, I'm like, oh, those are at Misty's. So oh, a few weeks ago, them. I'm like, she yeah, I was like, can I just come and grab a couple of each one just to have? So yes, yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, but yeah. And so, yeah, and now I am toying with, I'm trying to figure out growing the business and what roles people will have. So we're trying the affiliate to have you run the affiliate thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, aside from the, yeah, the affiliate marketing this new this year, I'm really looking forward to starting to get more involved with that. And so, uh, let's see, what else do I do? <laughs> I, I know. Like, I'm like, huh, what else here? Well, I <laughs> the, uh, the guest blog posts. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, I, I'm, a, I'm the contact for that and make sure that, you know, they have the information that they need and, and, um, you know, well, this is kind of a big, this was a learning curve. So I taught you to the best of my knowledge about some SEO, like how to yes. get the green, happy, smiley face so that your right. SEO is good and keywords to use, giving images, exactly alternate text, you know, stuff like that. So there is a learning curve and just the WordPress isn't initially, I feel like, super user friendly, but you pick yeah, it up and it, it, it took a little bit to figure it out for me anyway. Um, but and I'm still, I'm sure, could improve there. But uh, but yeah, you've been really patient with me and trying to figure that all out. And so, but now that I've been doing it a while, it's just yeah, it's it's obviously coming a little easier for me. And and WordPress is 
uh, it's been really, really good to, to, I think it's a really good platform to use. So, um, yeah, but well, and I mean, for the listeners too. So I have a guest blog post every week. And so that's a lot for you. It's so awesome that I don't have to worry about paying the guest bloggers. Yes. I don't have to worry about anything. They email you the blog, you post it, you all the things it's just it's done and if you go to my instagram page and you click the link in my bio there's a link that's like latest blog post you update that same with the podcast so Mm -hmm. you listen to the podcast every week double check the editing you write the show notes you publish it make sure that it's published every week um and also the link in my click the link in my bio and you post to the instagram feed for crafted career i don't even touch that that's all you yeah yeah, so just so, yeah, uh, you do everything a lot. to do with the the podcast, just making sure it's you know up you know up there and ready to go on, on Friday release day, and you know summarizing, helping with that, and you know making sure your your website is up to date. And so yeah, it's been it's I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed um, listening to the podcast every week. <laughs> it's been really yeah. fun to. <laughs> learn and to grow. I, even though I don't have, uh, yet my own creative business, I feel like I'm just gleaning and learning so much from the podcast each week. And, and, and I hope to be able to, to actually utilize some of that information I'm learning. So I, in the future, so I just am really enjoying working for you in that aspect because I feel it's, it's just so helpful. You have, um, you you have so much to offer and so many, so much for those, you know, to, share to find success and to share who they are and to have, you know, what they have to offer to the world. And so I think it's just, you're, you're in the right place for your, you and your talents. <laughs> I love it. Oh, well, so. that was very sweet of you. Thank oh, you. Okay. I feel like I'm so grateful to have you here. I mean, as we're talking and I'm going through all the things, I'm like, oh my gosh, you do a lot for oh. me <laughs> and you do a good job. I mean, oh, I don't think about it because I don't have to think about it. That's the lovely thing. You take yeah. all of it off my plate, you know, oh, so that I can good. focus on other things. So yeah, well, I guess, I mean, you, you don't really have, I, do you a public Instagram account? It's not like you're a quilterpreneur or anything like that. Yeah. I have my own personal account and then I am starting up a, an account for my art, Misty Ming underscore art, but that's, yeah. So I don't, unfortunately, I think I am, like you said, one of the only ones that don't um, actively uh, (laughs) have any quilting (laughs) things out there. So (laughs) So, yeah. Nope, that's totally fine. Well, okay, so Misty Mang, Mang is M-E-N-G underscore art. That's correct. And I'm just actually just putting it out. It's brand new, so <laughs> there's really not much on there yet. So, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And I have my personal Instagram account and Facebook. So, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to be checking out your Instagram. That's really neat. I did not know that. <laughs> Very Thanks. cool. Well, thank you for being here. And thank you for working on the Quilters Candy team. You are an awesome addition. So, so Absolutely. glad you are here. Thank you. So, how about that? How was it for you to meet the rest of my team? I hope that you got some insight into what the process has been like for me bringing people onto the team. And I hope that you gleaned some ideas for your own business. You may be at the point, you may be past the point where you want to hire someone. So I hope that you got some help with that. And also, if you go to quilterscandy.com forward slash 91, you can get a little cheat sheet on how to hire someone, what to look for. If it doesn't work out, what kind of wording could you use? Just some general tips on getting started for hiring somebody. So again, that's quilterscandy.com forward slash 91. And if you have not left a review for the podcast yet, please do. There are 118 of you who've left a review, which is, it warms my heart. It actually means so much to me that you would take the time. And some of you, I know you had to Google how to leave a review. In fact, one person reached out and was like, my husband and I have decided we need to leave more reviews for companies everywhere, which was very good for me to hear. I'm like, I, I should be doing that too. And not just the negative ones, right? Like if you had a really great experience, there's a hotel we went to in New York. I love it. I tell everyone about it. I'm going to go to Yelp and leave a review for them because it really helps businesses to get positive reviews. So if you are enjoying the Craft to Career podcast, I would love, love for you to leave a review. And if this is something that you find helpful, or if you have a friend that you think, oh, this episode is exactly what they need 
go ahead and share the link or take a screenshot and send them a photo. The purpose of this podcast is to reach those who are out there who are wanting to start a business, who maybe don't know how to do it, or they're not having the success that they want, or they just want a little bit of, you know, especially when we talk about when you're feeling down or isolated or someone's saying you charge too much, just to have someone in your corner to cheer you on. So if you know someone who would benefit from this podcast, go ahead and share it with them because I want to connect the creative and the quilterpreneurs and lift the standard in the industry to help us feel empowered and to bring a better quality product. So thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed having my team come and talk with you and share what they do. And even for some to remind me, oh, that's right. That is how we met. Oh, that's funny. It's looked like this over time. So it's been really fun for me as well. So thank you for being here. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you right here next Friday on the Craft to Career podcast. Mm -hmm.